Welcome to the Unpodcast. It's about you. This is your host, Caitlin DeVere. I'm a life coach, speaker, psychology lecturer, and a mum of two littles. And I'm here to inspire you with self-management tips, secrets, interviews, and tricks around loving yourself, loving your life, yep, even the mums, and ultimately to motivate you to want to wake up every morning and live your beautiful life. Over to today's episode. Hi guys. So, it's Wednesday the 11th. Yes, the same day that I'm going to make this live. And I do have a few that are backed up, a few episodes ready to go live. But I've decided to hit pause. Reason being, a few things. Number one, it's my birthday. (laughs) So I can do what I want. I can cry if I want to. Um, But truth is, I have shed many a tear today. And I decided to record this today. Um... I suppose mostly because I've wanted to speak on this topic of resilience for a while, um, but because I'm in it right now very much, and I'll explain a bit more shortly, but because I'm in it, it feels so raw, and I like to speak from a place when I do feel raw, um, because I think then people really catch the heart behind what you're saying, and I don't sound like I'm pointing fingers, but rather um, that I'm living it out, and I hope that that's how this comes across today. Um, But basically, yeah what's been going on. So um, if you didn't see, I spent a week in London last week. Um, I was visiting my brother and his fiance. It was really special, super busy, um, but but very, very special. I then got home to a very sick child on Friday. Um, Noah had started vomiting and um, this went on through Saturday and through Sunday until he just was completely lethargic and nowhere on Monday. He had had a temperature all week um, and his body was just fighting just a number of things. So I took him to the doctor. I genuinely thought we were going to come home. I didn't, like, I was in a short dress. Like, I definitely wasn't prepped for what was about to hit us. Um, But the doctor said that we had to admit him into hospital and um, I haven't done a hospital stint as of yet with my kids and we have been through times where I like wished they'd admit me Um, this wasn't one of those but um, it's always interesting as to what they admit and what they don't Um, but but this was a case that we couldn't avoid it and so we went into hospital and um, and we spent the last two days in hospital and I think the biggest sort of learning for me in this in this whole process is um when it comes to the topic of resilience and resilience basically is just your ability to bounce back and to adapt when things don't go as planned. So another way of saying it is like rather than letting like failure or um, bad circumstances overcome you, resilient people will find a way to rise from the ashes. And I think in this time, um, I actually gave a talk this morning while I was part of a, in a like sort of international speaker event. And um, I spoke and I actually burst into tears whilst speaking, telling a story about Noah and didn't mean to cry, but I did. And um, I think what I love about resilience when people ask, you know, how, how are you coping or how do you look fine or whatever that is, I'm not going to pretend for one second I am fine. Um, I'm very on edge today. I'm feeling very sensitive, very tired. Um But I think when it comes to resilience, it's not about how you react in the moment. There's actually very little um, that we can do when we run down, when we're tired, when we're devastated, when we're grieving, when we're in trauma. Um, There's very little that we can do in those moments, I think, to hold it together or to try to, to be something or do something. The work comes beforehand. With resilience, the work comes beforehand. 
I actually read a scripture just now. Well, it wasn't a scripture. I'm actually going to try to find it on my phone. This is how impromptu this is. <laughs> um, I think I screenshotted it. But um, it was, I follow like a page called Proverbs 31 Women, I think. And um, it's so beautiful. Go and find it if you don't follow it um, and if you have a faith. But um, she spoke today about the in-between seasons um, and that being in-between seasons in life can be so difficult. And, and basically what they were saying um, is that in between can make you feel like you're waiting forever, but that God is working in the waiting. And if I can make that real in terms of real life, I feel like we also, we work in the waiting. We have breakthroughs in the waiting. We don't always see it in the moment, the work that we put into ourselves in the moment. But when it comes to these kind of things like trauma or or grieving or whatever that is that you that you're facing or may face or or maybe will face, we can probably throw in. I mean, life is hard, um, but but when it comes to those moments, it's the stuff that we did beforehand that tends to come out. And so, for sure, I've been super tearful. I'm not trying to pretend for one second I've had it all together. Um, I sure as hell didn't look like I had it all together yesterday. Um, but I'm but I'm incredibly grateful for a few things, and I thought I'd talk those through today in terms of building resilience. So. Um, I've I've been asked a number of times to do workshops on resilience, especially in corporate companies, and I've done it at managerial level. I've actually flown around the country to do these training sessions, and I love it. Um, it's a really cool topic, but I'm going to try and fit it into 20 minutes. There's a chance that we're going to have interruptions because my kids are home. I never record in the afternoons. Um, well, I've just got nowhere to sleep, but Say is around, and if she interrupts me, that's cool too. It's my birthday, and I can cry if I want to. Um but yeah, guys, so I think the, the biggest thing when it comes to resilience is that for sure some people are born with um, with maybe a, a greater level of resilience. I don't think it's that they necessarily are, are born more resilient. I think it's that, that perhaps they have personalities that bounce back quicker um, when, when tough stuff hits. It doesn't always make it a good thing. You know, sometimes it might mean that we're denying emotion. It might mean that we move on too quickly, whatever. Not always a good thing, but for sure, definitely. Um, there are varied levels of resilience that we are, are born with or um, might develop until a certain age. Then, the cool thing about life, and if you've heard me speak um, or followed this channel for a while, you know I'm so big into neuroplasticity and the fact that your brain can change all the time. So never believe that you're stuck. Wherever you are in life, you can change things, even if you think it's like in the core of you. So I know for me, for years... I would um, say that I'm, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head, but say like I'm far too sensitive or, or I'm far too serious. That's always been one that I've struggled with within myself. Um, I'm still serious, so <laughs> it's a bad example. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's trying to find things, I suppose, that you feel like are a part of you, but that you don't cope well with. So here's a good one for me. Um, I've never really coped well with stress. So although I'm very good at managing situations, I try and avoid getting to the point of stress because once I'm in that mode, I'm not really good with it. And I function off adrenaline very easily and, and then go into this like overdrive mode that's not healthy for my physical body more than anything. Um, but the truth is that our brains, and as I said, if you've heard me speak, you'll know this, but our brains are changing all the time. We can change hardwires all the time, which means you can even change things that are automatic for you. So saying something like, Yes, but when I'm in a stressful situation, I just immediately panic and I, I just can't stop that. Like I, So I need to cope with panic. I don't think so. I think what we need to cope with or what we need to learn in life is how to 
um, put things in place for ourselves so that when panic does surface, we can get on top of it really quickly. So rather than dealing with the emotion itself, which is something that if you've worked with me or now work with all the time, is, um, is learning new ways of dealing with your specific emotions. And I think that's so valuable. In this case, I don't think it's about that. Sorry, the beeping is people writing on my Facebook wall and I'm not on Facebook. I don't know why it keeps popping up. Um, but in this case, with resilience, I think this is more about what you build outside of that emotion um, and outside of that predicted, I suppose, feeling that will come. Cool. So I'm going to make five points and, and sort of go through them um, very much, <laughs> very much unscripted. Cool. But I do have these five written down. The first one is when it comes to resilience and us building resilience outside of moments that require resilience. So in everyday life, first one. I call strength of character and basically what strength of character is is guys it's your ability to take ownership of your life and use your top strengths to overcome your challenges so to take ownership of your life and then to use your top strengths to overcome your challenges the ownership one I think the biggest thing to say here is to get out of victim mentality now that's not saying that when you're in the trauma itself that you're not allowed to go there for sure Things can feel so hard. And I even said to my mum earlier today, I don't want to hear everyone else's sad stories. Um, you know, today I actually just need to live in ours. Um, as, as horrendous as that sounds, it's, um, it's I suppose, selfish. Um, but, but for sure, you're allowed to feel what you're feeling. But the blame game doesn't work. It's never worked. And so taking ownership of your life is not saying um, that you suddenly need to turn things around. It's really just a thinking pattern. So I'll give you an example. Um, I used to lecture in psychology, well, I did for six years. And I would um, always say to my students when they walked in the class, um, why are you late? Why are you late? Why are you late? And varsity students are very good at being late. Um, and, and I use this often as a, a, like a strategy that I would then bring up later in my teachings because I lectured psychology. And um, most people, a good chunk of people or students at least, the excuse for being late is that they got stuck in traffic. Or ma'am, you won't believe the traffic today. Or ma'am, you won't believe this. My car, you know, whatever. Now, what's interesting with that is that it's something that we call an external locus of control in psych. And that means that you're blaming something else for getting in the way of your success or your, your outcome, your life. An internal locus of control, which some students would apply, they would arrive late and they'd say, I'm so sorry, ma'am, I should have remembered it's a Monday and I should have left earlier because there was traffic. I, I should have left earlier. It's not saying there wasn't traffic. Of course there was traffic. It's saying that I was in charge of my actions. I was in charge of that reaction. So taking ownership of your life is not necessarily saying let's turn things around, suddenly become a whole new you, get your shit together. No, not at all. It's about saying in your head, try to take control of your life and try to understand what's going on on your terms rather than applying things in terms of being external. So we can't always do this. I know, you know, you, it's, it's sometimes someone's really hurt you and it's saying, you know, that person really hurt me. It's then, I suppose, in the terms of an internal locus of control, it's be saying that I'm feeling really hurt because I didn't, I didn't respond, not respond well, but um, I don't respond well to that 
type of person's behavior so that it really upsets me and then I can manage that I can manage that emotion whatever is brought up for me I so it's back on your terms rather than blaming and saying um you know that person's destroyed my life that gives them the power and they probably don't even know they've got it um, so that strength of character is an, an incredible one where we sort of take control of our lives and the outcomes in our lives um, in our heads before we even get ourselves into situations. And a, a great way to do that is just to catch ourselves and to, to catch our reasoning for things and try and bring it back to you. As I say, you're not blaming yourself. You're just putting yourself in the driver's seat in your life rather than saying like, I was locked in the boots. Sorry, someone else was driving my life. Um, it's rather jumping back in the driver's seat. Can still point fingers if need be, but putting yourself back in that driver's seat. Cool, that was the first one. Number two, this is like mostly what I wanted to speak about, but I do want to cover a few. Number two is self-awareness. And guys, if there's one thing that I'm grateful for about this time in hospital, there's so many things that I can name already. Um, and as hard as, as hospital visits are, um, just the community you build, the people you connect with, the, the love on social media has blown my mind. I put out one one like story and then got so much love and then felt like that was actually what I needed. Um, and so I put out more and I and I got so much more back. And that's not normally your know my my mentality on social media. If you follow me, I don't try and like I don't know what the word is, but like um, seek people sending me messages to feel sorry for me or something. But but the reason that I brought this up now with self awareness is because. If we know ourselves really well, you'll know what you need when trauma or grief or difficult circumstances hit. So nothing can take away from those moments and what you're feeling. But if we know ourselves, we'll know what we need. Maybe not in the moment, maybe not that day, but in the days or weeks to come, you'll know what you need if you know yourself and this is self-awareness. It's, it's that incredible ability to just check, be able to check in with yourself, to know what you love about life, to know what you don't love about life, to know who you love spending time with and who you don't, to know what adds value to your life, what activities you love, what fills your love tank, and then to know what emotions are coming for you and how you deal with those. For me, what I found that um, what I found really suffocating is ho- in hospital. We were in a ward, and um, you're obviously surrounded by by people all the time, and people with big problems, um, not like general problems. I mean, health. Although I'm sure they have plenty big general problems too, as we all do. Um, but I found that very suffocating. I'm, I love my own space. Um, I love my home. I spend a lot of time just in our home, um, and and very much on my terms. And I found this very out of my control in that sense. Your space, obviously you don't have such a thing. I just got back from a trip, so I'd been living out of a bag for a week and then was more into living out of a bag. So there was just no space I felt for me to breathe, no outside time, obviously, and you, I mean, my son was on a trip the whole time, so he wasn't allowed to leave his bed and um, and I obviously couldn't leave him on his beddies too, um, or he'd probably pull the drop out. So even going to the toilet was just a mission for me. Um, and I think for me, knowing myself and knowing what I need, I managed to to pull in my team yesterday and and my my village, um, and and that included my nanny, for instance. So I'm not just saying that that it has to be like your family or your spouse. Perhaps you don't have that, but knowing your team, knowing those people that that can support you and step in when you can't carry your own load, because sometimes our loads do need to be shared. Not often. I think most of the time we get to carry our own loads pretty well. Um, burdens maybe not but loads for sure but in a time like this I needed 
I needed help with my load and I needed to know myself. And so my nanny came in yesterday morning. She called a taxi to the hospital um, and and was there. But like, oh, bless her. Oh, my gracious. She's phenomenal. She was there at about like half or six in the morning. Um, that was her choice. I didn't say that. Now I'm going to cry while I'm recording. Um, but um, my Prue. But um, yeah, so she came and I waited for the doctor, saw the doctor. And then um, I left Prue with Noah. Now I'm going to cry again. And um, and I rushed home and I only was out for an hour, but it was amazing what that hour did for me. I just, I was able to get into my own head for the first time. I felt like I'd been um, sort of giving, giving, giving. And it's not like hospitals giving my poor son obviously was feeling horrendous, but um, I felt that I was living very external to myself. And that hour just gave me time to reconnect with me. I had a good cry in the car, which I needed. I needed to express that emotion that was building up. I got home. I made myself, I was going to say a healthy breakfast. That would be an absolute lie. I don't really do um, healthy breakfast. <laughs> I made myself a hot crust bun with scrambled egg on. I suppose scrambled egg's healthy. Um, I made myself a nice coffee from like our Nespresso machine. I had a shower. I washed my hair just so I could feel fresh. I sat at the table. I drank my coffee slowly. I ate my breakfast and then I drove back to the hospital. And it was just that hour just put things in perspective. And it definitely was the like, um, I was going to give a bad example. Maybe I should like when you're out drinking and they say, what's the word? Like the seal's broken or whatever. You know, once you do your first wee, you need like 30 wees. It was one of those. Once I'd opened up the jar of tears, the tears definitely flowed throughout the day, but it was great because I'd got in touch with myself again and I hadn't pretended that all this wasn't going on because it was. Um, and I think the gift to myself or what I felt in that moment was just knowing myself and knowing what I needed. Um, again, in hospital throughout the day, I tried to do various things throughout the day that were on my terms and what I felt like I needed. So I asked him to unplug Noah at one point and um, I took him to the coffee shop and I sat outside again for just like half an hour. Sarah was there with us. It was quite chaotic, but um, I bought the kids a puzzle and they did a puzzle and I, again, I had a Coke. <laughs> this is a very healthy episode, um, but this is real me. But I had a Coke and I just sat quietly again, like for half an hour just to have my space because that for me is really important and helps me to connect with myself and in turn to self-regulate, to be able to shift emotions, allow emotions to pass through and for them to leave, which is what emotions do do as long as we don't suppress them. Um, so that's self-awareness. And the reason that I wanted to bring it up today is because I think if we can develop this habit, I suppose, of self-awareness, of getting in touch with yourself and knowing what you need in certain moments and being true to that, then when those traumatic situations happen, you you can really understand yourself and what you're going to need to walk through this, even if it's something new. And, and obviously my example is like a, a petty one in comparison to so many other people's situations, but it's a great example of when life doesn't go as planned, how by knowing ourselves, um, we really can connect and, and just recalibrate um, before we move forward again. Cool. The next one I want to talk about, I'm just going to cover four, I think, is connection. So I know a common cause of depressed feelings is, so, is um, social isolation. Um, social, social isolation causes loneliness and basically disconnects us from others and in turn often actually dis disconnects us from our true selves as well. And that's another one that I really just wanted to encourage in this episode about resilience is build into the people around you that add value. Build into that village. We throw out that word village so much in the mommy community and, and this episode really is for everyone. But 
Um, I love the concept and I know I saw this like hysterical graphic. I'm sure you saw it if you follow me on social media that said like, um, I've heard about this village. Could someone give me their number? Mine haven't arrived yet. <laughs> Something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. And I had a good chuckle. And I think to, to some extent, we all feel that way. We all wish we had like a bigger village. Um, but I think in many ways, this is in our hands, guys. This is in your hands build into the friendships that you feel like add value to your life and this is something I'm trying to be so intentional with this year although again life has thrown a large amount of curveballs that haven't allowed me to do that but it's good for me to speak about these things because I'm going to try and be more intentional too build into the friendships that add value build into the friendships that when you walk away you feel better about yourself or you feel challenged to be a better version of yourself um, but not shitty um, yeah build into into the family relationships that add value um, make sure that you've got people around you, even if it's a psychologist. Um, I've got a, a friend, a beautiful friend, if you live in our area, um, Paul Bouchel, and he's just the most incredible psychologist. And he sent me a, and a good friend of mine, but he sent me a WhatsApp um, message just now, a voice note for my birthday. And I get tearful just like him messaging because he's so much a part of that village for me and that he provides such safety. And you know what you need in your life. Um, find people that that do that and I'm sure that you add value in many ways to other people's lives and they join in on your strengths um, so so build that village build those connections um, build into those relationships even if they're people that live far away guys phones are incredible these days there's FaceTime there's Skype calls there's Zoom there's you know WhatsApp call build into the people that make you a better and a, a more stable and a happier version of yourself again because when life hits they're the ones that you'll need. Um, and it's so much easier, so much easier to call on people that where you've established that already than it is to to try and find your village when you're in panic mode, which we all do anyway. <laughs> we all do anyway, and we all feel sorry for ourselves anyway. But for sure, those relationships are paramount, even if it is just them sending messages um, and you knowing that they genuinely do care. Or like now, I just went to fetch Sarah from school and um, a mum just like, literally walked straight into school to pick up her child and had a prezi for me for my birthday and um, a, a meal for us. And I just, she is a close friend, but I just, that kind of thing. I'm just incredibly grateful for people like that in my life. And um, yeah, I think these connections, paramount, paramount to our everyday lives and to being happier and more stable and more incredible human beings. Cool, that was number three. And the last one that I want to touch on is optimism there's another message um is optimism and um optimism i'm not talking about like be happy i'm not going to try and put on some show um these past few days have been hard i've cried plenty as i've said um i'm tired for me i think optimism is more the way that you see the world and if you can see the world through that like glass i'm going to get the analogy wrong this is so me glass half full instead of half empty mentality um the world will be a better place the world will be a better place because you're in it and the world will seem like a better place to you. And and one of the beautiful ways, I think, to, to address this whole optimism topic for those especially that tend to feel like they're a bit more cynical um, or in the world we live in today, how many of us are actually not cynical? Um, but a few things. Gratitude, incredible habit to adopt. I know, again, if you've heard me speak, you would have heard me say it a million times. Um, a gratitude journal is a beautiful way to just remind your brain that there is so much good in your world. It's not saying that you're trying to like paint this pretty picture and, and I don't know, 
make it fake. It's not about being fake. It's actually just that usually our brains are wired to only see the negative or often are only wired to see the negative. We get home from a long day and we, you know, say, oh, he won't believe what John said at 12 o'clock. And we name the one sentence that ruined our whole day rather than the 30 things that went well. And so gratitude is able to do that. It's able to trick your brain, not even trick, teach your brain to look for the good too and not just the bad. So with optimism, gratitude for sure. Um, And then another one, I think, is just to try and challenge our thoughts all the time. Again, something I work on with every client I work with, but challenge your thoughts. When they come in, ask yourself, is this thought helpful? Is this something I want to take further? So often our thoughts are the thing, not so often, I believe always, um, and this is at the core of the book that I'm writing at the moment, but um, our thoughts are what lead to our feelings, which lead to our behavior. Cognitive behavioral psychology um, states this, but watch those thoughts before they lead to a feeling, before they lead to you doing something with that feeling. Um, Watch what those thoughts are. If it's a thought that you look in the mirror and the thought says, you know, I've put on so much weight um, and and that makes you feel suddenly ashamed and that shame you, you tend to do something with or you become a nasty person to be around, capture that thought, challenge that thought. Perhaps you have put on weight, but what does that actually mean in the bigger picture? So book a gym contract and then get on with your day. Don't allow that thought to to produce a whole line of things that didn't need to happen. Watch your thoughts, catch your thoughts and ask yourself all the time. I do this so often. Is this thought helpful? And if it's not, I try and replace it with a higher truth. For me, I like that to be scripture where possible, but not always. I try and think like, how would someone that's close to me, what would they say to me in this moment? Or what would my husband say to me? Or what would Jesus say to me? Um, To try and change that with something that's more true than what I believe to be true in my thinking in that moment. And it's not helpful. Cool, guys. I think that's all from me. I haven't even looked at the time once. Um, 25 minutes. That's great. Um, So, yeah. He has to building, I suppose, more resilience and to to building into these four habits, the strength of character, so taking ownership of your life, self-awareness, connection, and optimism. And I think if we can build into these things in everyday life, in the in-betweens, um, when those when those hard situations hit, I think we'll have a lot more to to fall back on. Doesn't mean you won't fall apart. We all fall apart. That's cool too. Hopefully we've built those connections to be able to pick us up again and um, the strength of character to know ourselves and know that that even when things are incredibly difficult, that God is still good, that life is still good and, and that we can keep on going um, and that all of these things shape us and, and give us the ability to, to pour out more grace into the world and to live from that space, which is such a beautiful thing and why I wanted to record today when I am feeling raw and, and it all feels very real. And I'm not super articulate. Um, and, and I hope that comes through. Cool. Guys, loads of love. Have a happy week. I'm not going to try and sell you anything. Sending loads, loads of love. Bye.